Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. My name is Trisha Copeland, author and host of this show. Today, I have guest author Monique Singleton. USA Today bestselling author Monique Singleton writes compelling stories that mix fantasy with realistic psychological suspense and unique insights into the mind of the main characters. As the daughter of a British soldier and his Dutch wife, Monique was born in an English military hospital in Germany. Family toured the world where she was exposed to different cultures in many countries. Finally settling in the Netherlands, she produced, pursued a career in art and later in information technology. About six years ago, Monique started writing, putting scenes that had been running through her head down to paper. Scenes led to a story, the story to a book, and the first book to a series. In addition to her writing, Monique still holds down a full-time job as a business consultant. She lives in a beautiful old farmhouse in the south of Holland with her two sloppy monster dogs, some horses, and a cat. And definitely, the cat is the boss. Listen in as Monique and I talk all about her books and series. So today I have Monique Singleton with me. She is a guest author. Welcome, Monique. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for being here way, all the way from the Netherlands. We're on a few different time zones. Definitely. I mean, it's early morning there and it's, uh, well, early evening here. So Nice. I'm glad this could work out. So tell us about your books and what genre you write in. Um, my books are predominantly in the urban fantasy. Um, I've, I've got a couple of series that I've started. Well, one series is complete. That's the Primal series. And that was actually the, the, the first books. The, those were the first books that I've ever written. And it started off as a, um, a small story, I thought. A very short, short story that I wanted to put down to paper. And six books later, I finally came to kind of an end but I have left it open. So who knows, I might revisit that again sometime. But it, it, it evolved while I was working on it and what seemed to be a very simple sort of story got a lot more complex and needed a lot more uh, explaining and a lot more time and, pl and places to, to, to maneuver through. And after the primal series, I started off on a new series and that was the prophecy. And that was actually, the first book I wrote for that uh, was for a box set, which I took part in. We were gunning for the USA Today list. We didn't make it, by the way, with that, with that one, but it did give me the first book in a new series. That was more in the uh, paranormal romance, which is not really my genre. My genre is much more a bit of a dark urban fantasy. But it was fun to write, and the, the story after that is progressing more into the urban fantasy than it is into the PNR. And currently, I'm writing, I'm finishing a book, which is the first book in a new series, which uh, is is another great challenge for me as well. And this one has a quite a different twist on it, where we're we're working with all different kinds of dimensions and uh, people coming from one dimension to another. So it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to do, and but it is predominantly urban fantasy, and they are quite dark. In especially the primal series is quite quite dark. 
And would you consider them for YA audience or adult audiences? No, definitely an adult audience, I'm okay. afraid. Not, no, not only. Great. No, not, not only because of, um, there are some explicit scenes in there, but it's much more the, the, the violence that is in there, but also the, 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 the topics that I do tend to touch on. I, I talk about topics with regard to, you know, women's equality or with um, the, the big differences between rich and poor, uh, moral, morals, but not in a, in a moral way as that I dictate morals. I just put question marks at certain things and then let everybody make up their own mind. But uh, especially in, in the primal, the primal series, um, the whole ecology and ecological movements and terrorism uh, going too far with with specific ideology that is something that is in in, in those books and I, I think that's a bit too much for young adults well at least especially for children it's definitely not for children right I think fantasy is a good way to explore a lot of those issues many times it's a safe place to be able to raise awareness without being political about it. I, I think I it is, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm not political. I mean, um, I live in a country where I'm not allowed to uh, to, to vote because I'm, I'm not Dutch, I'm English. And because I live in Holland, I can't vote in England. So, you know, politics for me is, is not something that I practice a lot of but I do have my questions and I do have my opinions. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's very nice, a very good way for me to be able to express what my opinions are. I don't want to push them on to anybody. These are my opinions. But I, I think, you know, if, if you can at least get people to think about things, then that's good. They don't yeah. have to agree with me, but it's good, yeah. That is good. So tell me why you started writing. Uh, I used to paint a lot. I used to, I actually lived off art for a few years. And then I decided I didn't want to be a, uh, a penniless artist. And I was much too fond of certain luxuries in life. So uh, I went into IT, into uh, computer programming and later into uh, business consultancy. But that creative side of me kept on pulling at me, kept on, you know, I, I, my, my head was still full of all kinds of ideas, of all kinds of stories that I couldn't actually put down on paper with paint anymore because that takes just a lot of time and you really need to dedicate a lot of time to that. Um, usually it was, you know, weeks in a row with few few hours of sleep, et cetera. And just one time I just thought, well, why don't I write them down? So I just started to write it down purely for myself because the idea of, of, of actually publishing something scared me like you would never believe. So I, I, you know, it was purely for me. And then what, what turned out to be a few chapters became a book. And I struggled for quite a few years thinking, what am I gonna do with this? And nobody, nobody got to read it, it was just me. And then somebody said, you know, oh, I like fantasy. And there I was, and I blurted out, oh, I've written a fantasy book. And I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done now? <laughs> and, and she read the book and she liked it. And I thought, oops. And so I actually sent up a lot of the pages, about 70 pages to um, Writer's Digest to a service they have, which is called Second Draft. 
And I thought I'd send it up and the person who'd read it, who is uh, you know, an accomplished author of fantasy and science fiction, I thought, well, he'd just you know, say, well, um, it's nice. Don't give up your day job. Have fun, keep it in the family. And he didn't. So then I thought, oops, now I really have to do something with what I've been writing. And, and it was, the story was evolving more and more and I was enjoying it as well. And so finally I plucked up the courage and I self-published and it's gone from there. And now I publish about two or three books a year. And this was, this was about three years ago that I started off and uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying enjoying it and it's it's the ambition is to slowly move out of my other job and much more into uh, as full-time writing as possible that is a very cool story that you had yeah you were like just testing it out and expecting the negative yeah. and then it be well, something you have to run with right well the thing is i never i used to struggle with writing a letter i never you know you get dear sir and then that was it I would just, you know, black out. I wouldn't know how to, how to continue. So the idea of me writing a book was completely foreign to the idea of me being able to write at all, you know? So, um, so it was a very strange concept for me. But the more I did it, well, the more you learn and the more I've got an editor who really does tell me, you know, not only what's wrong, but tells me how it should be. So I really learn a lot. And the past few years, I've learned more about the English language than I ever did at school. And, and it's just a lot more fun now. Yeah, I feel the same way about writing. I would have never thought that I would be an author. My background <laughs> is in science, so it doesn't match. Yeah, but it's so funny though, how that evolves. And, it, and, it's, and it's really funny about how people never ex expect you to write well I never expected me to write and then they read your books and in this I would never have thought that about you or seen that behind you and it's oops <laughs> you know? especially because my books are quite violent in, in in some places I mean life is violent so um and you know the, the one of my one of my neighbors uh she really likes to read urban fantasy English books so she read the books and then she was Hmm, the first book. And she said, I hadn't seen that one coming. <laughs> and I said, whoops. <laughs> and then she asked for the second book and the third book, and she's, she'd read the whole series. So we're still on speaking terms. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Do you bring any of your IT into your books at all? Um, not, not really very much. I, I, I joke every now and then that if somebody really does vex me at work or somebody who's, who's particularly bad, then I kill them off in one of the, the chapters, you know, that kind of thing. And I do, I, I do say, I, I really have to own up to the fact that there is one person who very much resembles um, somebody from work, but no, usually it, it, it's a benefit in some ways because there's some things that you know that you don't have to research, but otherwise, you know, I. I I don't write about IT or anything specifically IT related. Okay. Yeah, I just remember this one Stephen King novel I read, and I can't remember the title of it, but basically like computers take over everyone's yeah, yeah. mind and take over the world. And I remember that being super freaky, but thinking that he probably 
had some type of technical or researched some type of technical background there. Well, it's quite dangerous nowadays not to have some research on that because there are so many people who do know how it works, especially with it, with, with IT. I mean, there's so many people who are familiar with IT that you, you, you would really need to get that right. Well, as far as fantasy can be right, but yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a, do you do a lot of research for your books then? I, I do a, a lot of research for my books. I mean, I, I write fantasy. So yes, there are uh, a lot of elements in there like shapeshifters that as far as we know, uh, don't exist. But uh, if, I, if I write about a specific culture or about a specific um, place, then I, I do a lot of research. In, uh, in the Primal series, there's a lot of uh, reference to the Maori culture in New Zealand. And so I really did do tons of research on that. And really quite funny, uh, my sister went to New Zealand and actually used one of the books as a tourist guide because <laughs> she went from one place from the book to the other place from the book. And, it, and I've, I've also had a few people from, uh, from New Zealand, Maori's from New Zealand uh, who have edited, well, read the book in advance to make sure that it is right because it's their culture and you've got to respect that and you've got to make it, you know, make it, if, if I want to use something like that in my, in my books, then I have to definitely res respect their ideas and their, uh, their input. And of course, there were some parts in there that are fantasy, even building on the Maori culture, but it, it, it fit. So I was really very pleased with that. That's and really cool. New, yeah, it is. And in the new series, um, there's a lot of religion coming into it. Uh, it's it's a kind of a, a strange take on some religions and uh, and slavery after death. So that's uh, going to be quite controversial, I think. But uh, it it means that I have to dive into different religions to find out you know, what, what the basics are and how that works and, and what their ideas are. It's not that I'm going to bombard the readers with all kinds of terms from all different um, religions. It's just I want to know what it's about before I can write about it. Right. So you would know, like, character motivations and their yes. history and where yeah. they were coming from. Right. Yeah, and it's all very easy to say, oh, well, they're like this. And, you know, is that true? I don't know. So I, I want to look into that. And it's, it's another side of, of writing that I really enjoy. Um, research, looking into, into the subjects and then, yeah, then making them uh, as, as close to the truth as the story will allow. Right, so tell me a little bit about your characters. What is the primal series and the basic plot for that? Yeah, that's a bit difficult, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at writing big stories, but I'm very bad at condensing it down into a few lines <laughs> so uh, no um the uh, the story follows a, a woman who uh, is, is faced all of a sudden with all kinds of of changes in her life and all kinds of uh, powers that she gets and she's ultimately able to to shapeshift as well but she has no idea where it comes from and what it is and, and why so it's it's an awakening of her and she changes her name several times through the book, but we'll just call her primal for, for, for ease at the moment. And she, she moves through the world and it's a very 
violent world with World War Three going on with between the, the rich and the poor within the countries, not so much the countries between them, but the rich and the poor um, in all countries. And she moves through this violent world trying to find out what's happening to her. And she finally finds out, uh, but this is a bit of a spoiler, sorry, I'll give you a bit of a spoiler, uh, that she is the fifth um, rider of the apocalypse. Uh, officially there's four, but hey, this is me, so there's five. <laughs> and they are actually the forces of nature and they are in service to nature to bring the balance between man and nature. And a lot of the, the, the whole series is her finding her place in everything, her coming to terms with her destiny, uh, with the fact that she's immortal, but also the fact that there is a, a more bloody side to her immortality. What a cool premise. I really like that. Thanks. Very unique. It, 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 it evolved, because to tell you the truth, with the, the first two books, I had no idea it was going to end up like that. <laughs> books some, and characters sometimes do that to you. So, well, they, they, yeah, I think they do, because, um, you know, I was, um, I was writing the books and, and it was just a standalone story. And um, I, I don't plan books. I don't outline them. I just, I don't even write sequentially. I just have a scene in my head and I write it and I put it on a timeline. And somehow it works without me having to rewrite anything. So it's really very strange how that works, but it does work because when I finally in book three, I thought, oh, Riders of the Apocalypse, it all fell into place, which was kind of weird because I hadn't thought about that beforehand. Yeah, that's interesting. So it ended up being a little bit dystopian as well. Yes, it is. It is a bit dystopian as well, um, but not not because of a big uh, apocalypse as in, but purely because of uh, human nature. Okay. Interesting. Mankind. Yeah. And so your second series is Assassin's Creed. Tell us about a little more about the characters in that one. Yeah, well, in, in, in the, pro well, it's, it's the, the, the series called the Pro Prophecy Series with Assassin's Choice is the first, um, the first book in that series. And that is... Uh, much more into the paranormal world and into the, um, the, the more the urban fantasy as in uh, a woman who is uh, a hybrid, hybrid um, shapeshifter, uh, wolf and saber-toothed tiger. And she brings, she brings um, the different clans together who are actually, of course, well, of course, each other's enemies to bring down the paranormal council. Interesting. In, yeah, I have that in my vampire series as well. I have a vampire witch hybrid who is not mm -hmm. supposed to exist. And she, her mother um, is trying to bring the two factions to get the vampires uh -huh. and the witches together so that her daughter can um, kind of live a more free life and not have to hide her true nature. So all uh -huh. of those themes are, are very close to me as well. Yeah, I can I can imagine, but it you know it's 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 also a very interesting um, subject because you know especially the, the hybrid idea you're half half. Well, what are you? So you know if you're not half, if you're not this and you're not that, then what are you? And and if one group doesn't um, want to accept you and the other group doesn't want to, what are you and where are you from? And I've got um, one 
sentence in the in in the books that um, um, in, in the first in the assassin's choice another spoiler alert sorry um, that she has two two uh, lovers one from each clan I mean it's, it's it's kind of compulsory so she has two lovers there and you know it's well you can't join ours uh, our pack and you can't join our clan and she says no it's not that's not the idea you're joining mine. Oh, interesting. You know, so it's, it's, it's very much it's very much um, building your own world if you're if you're stuck in between the two and and they they all work together to bring down the the council and there's there's some yeah quite colourful characters in the, in the book as well so she's a colourful character because she's a uh, Trish she is a uh, Altamichan is her name actually and she's uh, so yeah that and her um, She's an assassin, and that's why the first book is called Assassin's Choice, where she's sent out to kill these two leaders of the packs, and ultimately she, she doesn't. She uh, turns out to be the subject of the prophecy. Oh, wow. That's very cool premise. I really like that. I might have to pick up that book. And <laughs> so I... and. I love both the premises of those first two, but your new and upcoming novel is one that is hugely intriguing to me because I have lots of storylines about angels. And so I'm especially interested to hear about Devil You Know. Well, in, in The Devil You Know, it's, um, it, it's a rogue priest who joins forces with, um, with the devil or devil to, you know, in, in parentheses. Um, to um, to stop mankind from being um, subjected to slavery after death, and the idea is that there are multiple dimensions, and that one dimension has um, hijacked souls from the human dimension, hijacks souls, reincarnates them, and brings them into slavery. And they do this to, to be able to do that, to be able to reincarnate them, they need, the souls need to want to be reincarnated. So they have to believe that they will be reincarnated. And that's where the religions come in. Right. So these, these um, figures from the other dimension, these humanoids from the other dimension, they make use of the religions to do that. But then they get kind of... Um, god complexes and god you know very much think of themselves as the roles that they are portraying and the the fallen angel the devil then is uh, actually the son of the family patriarch in the christian um christian faith the one that have waylaid all the souls from the christian faith and there's a corresponding family that has the um the Islamic faith is another family that has uh, uh, the major, the major religions are all going to have specific families in that other dimension that basically use the religions as slave trade. Wow, that is so interesting. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's something that's really evolving, and I'm I'm enjoying it. And of course, you know, the rogue priest and the devil don't like each other. I mean, you know, that's that goes without saying. So, but they're on the same so, side in this, right? Because the devil doesn't want the, yeah. the the souls hijacked, correct? Because he wants to keep them for himself. I'm guessing. Well, 
not really. He no? is the wayward. Son, he's the wayward son of, of of the patriarch, and he doesn't agree with the fact that the humans are being um, deceived. Oh, okay. So he's not so much that he's going to want to keep them keep them for himself, because that would just make him another you know another pawn in the same in the same slavery. But he just wants to to stop the whole slavery itself, and he's he wants to. Uh, well, not free people, but at least give them their own choice. Interesting, because that would seem to be the the anti of what a devil it should would. be, right? Yeah, it it is, and he, uh, you know, he, he jokes in throughout the first book. He jokes that he's, uh, you know, the devil because he's the antagonist of God between parentheses. Uh, and then in the end, you know, his his father uh, says, "Well, you know, you are now the fallen angel. You are now the devil." which means that uh, the whole church, all the churches really turn against him. So what he's trying to achieve is going to be completely hampered by the fact that he's branded as the devil. Right. Is he a, a one alive person then? He's, yeah, he's still alive. But these okay. are the, the, the people from the other dimension can, can travel between the dimensions. Okay, alive. so maybe he, if he's still alive, obviously he doesn't want his soul to be hijacked. No, and guess, yeah. Right, yeah, and I'm guessing the priest doesn't want the souls to be hijacked either. No, no, no. He's, uh, he was um, manipulated actually into um, recruiting souls and he doesn't want to do that. And so he, he really um, fights this whole establishment as it's called, the establishment, right. and wants to stop that whole uh, misuse of the whole concept of religion. Right. He's, also, so he's, lost, he's lost his faith. Yeah. Right. And but all the people don't really know that their souls are going to be hijacked just by no, believing in this religion, right? So very it's 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 a very interesting idea. It's a very, you know, it's it's a very interesting idea for me as well because I can go all, all different ways with it. But it's uh yeah, I wanted I wanted to write it with the idea of making it um maybe even, I mean, you know, we, we all have our dreams maybe even adaptable for something like like television or, or something like that. So it's, that's just another uh, experiment to write it in that way, in that manner. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but especially because it's, it's something completely new and I have to really look into all different kinds of things to make sure that I'm, you know, that, that it's correct. I am stepping on toes, I know that, but I, if I if I do step on toes, I want to make sure I do it in a in a good way and not in a bad way. Right, in a respectful way, definitely. In a respectful way, and not not because of just you know I'm uh, um, I, I just don't know how things are. I, d I definitely don't want to do that. Right. So that's kind of interesting in my Kingdom Journal series where I was talking about the witch vampire hybrid girl. Um, their quest is. To, so what happens to the witch souls after they die is that they're held in eternal purgatory. Oh, so okay. there's a trinity of witches who is trying to get this curse broken so that their souls yeah. can be released. So that it's, it's, it's not similar, but a little yeah. bit of the same um, type okay. of story. Then, then I'm sure that you also uh, face the same problems with trying to make sure that it, it looks real, but just enough to make sure that you're not insulting anybody <laughs> yeah. right definitely in 
and I always say my books are more spiritual than religious. Yeah. While they do contain elements from many different religions, they're yeah. more like and in fantasy also. So yeah, well, well, that that's a good thing about being an author. You know, we can take things that we want from the different as long as we do it respectfully. We can take the things we want from the, all the different sides and then pose the question, you know, and let everybody make up their own mind. Yeah, I love that. I didn't know where you were going to go with the, um, and I guess it was I'm looping back to the Primal series with, yep. um, was it the Primal series or the, uh, the Assassin's Creed, I think, where she's yep. like half and half. And it, yep. yeah, it's interesting that you said, she doesn't know where she comes from. And of course, my next question is, so she doesn't know where she belongs, but you followed through on yeah. that. So no, that no, was no. fun. No. Definitely cool. And, you know, I was talking to another author last night and she said many of her ideas for her books come in her dreams. And then yeah. a lot of times if she has a dream, she'll wake up and write it down. So is, how do you, how did you come up with these humanoid spirits being hijacked? And where did that come um, from? My mind moves in very strange ways. And sometimes I, I ask myself, where on earth did you get that from? <laughs> you know, but um, basically when I'm, I get my best ideas when I'm 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 doing something else that is kind of repetitive. So, um, you know, I have horses, and so uh, cleaning out the stables is something that you do on a regular basis, and that is definitely not rocket science. So my men, mind tends to wander, and don't tell anybody. But it also I also get a lot of my best ideas while I'm in a car, you know, driving. I drive very safely, so don't worry about it. But I can multitask. And, um, you know, and so I get, I get ideas of specific scenes. And so I write down the, 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 the scenes then as soon as I get anywhere near a, a piece of paper or a computer and I, I write down the, the scenes and, and it just evolves one way or the other. And then of course, sleepless nights because as soon as you go to bed and you try to relax then then the ideas start coming. And two hours later you think, oh my goodness, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> But it, it, it's the way, that's the, that's where they come from. But where they come from, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm the same way. People will ask me, where do you, when do you have time to do this? And I'm like, yeah. yes, when I'm driving in my car or when yeah. I'm in, when I'm in my shower or doing, yeah, last year we did landscaping. We landscaped our whole backyard. Yeah. And that was like our COVID project and like shoveling rocks is a great opportunity to think about something else than shoveling rocks right well, those are the moments when you think oh wouldn't a special you know a special power be handy and then you know it goes from there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've always i've always had a lot of fantasy i used to read loads and loads of comics you know all the marvel comics and etc and i am um, the paintings i used to do were, were a lot of fantasy paintings as well and uh, so, you know, it, it, that side of things, of, it, of the fantasy has always been part of what I've, I've loved to do. So it was, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a natural progression, I suppose, from, uh, from my ideas. And do you do any artwork for your own covers or books at all? Well, I, I tried that. I did the first, the first book, Primal Series, I did a painting, which was actually really nice. And once you read the book, you knew what it was about, which of course, anybody who writes books will tell you that's not the way to do it. So, uh, but I was, I was kind of stubborn. And of course the whole family said I had a fantastic cover and, 
And, you know, and I believed everybody who said that. And then finally, I was, I've, I've done a few courses and, and they all said the same, you know, you have, the cover is extremely important. And so I thought, well, control freak as I am, this might be something that I have to give to somebody else. And I found this fantastic design studio uh, and, and they have a ridiculous name, Deranged Doctor Design. <laughs> DDD, and I think they're in, in, in Serbia, which of course with internet makes no difference whatsoever where you are. And I asked them to do my first, do the cover, redo the cover for the first book. And it went from um, zero sales up, the, the day I put it up, up to 30 sales on the first day. Wow. So that kind of proved the point. So I had to concede to that. There was no going back. And right. now all my covers are done, uh, all my artwork is done by them because they okay. know they know what people want. They know what people are looking for. I had this stupid idea, I want to do something different, which is nice, but it's not what people are looking for. So, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I tried it, but it, uh, it turned out to be a lot better idea, um, professionally speaking, to get the professionals to do it. So I did. Yeah. Right. Well, that artwork might be something that people who have already read the series would be would appreciate. Like, so people on your mailing list or, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, well, that, that, that's definitely something, you know, that I do uh, people on the mailing list also, uh, you know, I, I show some of the art that I've done and that kind of stuff. And then, and especially if, if some of the art is related to some of the, 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 the stories. The only problem is I don't really get round to painting very much anymore because of the writing and and you, as you know yourself the writing is only half of it and all the rest is it takes up so much time so yeah and then yeah. of course I do and with I do. your IT job and your horses yep. that would be 110 percent of your time that's it I, I seem to have a job where they would like to see me every now and then so <laughs> it's good to get paid right it is yes <laughs> no I, I have a I have a good job and I've got a great team I work with and so you know that that's a good uh, counterweight to writing as well so this is the my favorite question to ask near the end of our interview what do you want readers to take away from your books what feeling do you want them to have or what experience do you want them to take away when they're reading well the, the, the two things on the one side I'm it is entertainment. I mean, you know, I'm not here to to um, change the world or or, or or better lives or anything like that. But I would, I'm, I'm very happy if people think about some of the things that I that I pose. You know, I've I've got um, in, in the one of the first books, I, I uh, have a, a statement that says. Uh, war criminals are always on the side of those who've lost lost the war. And, you know, th th you should question whether that is right, because just the fact that you've lost it, is that what makes a war crime a crime? Or is it, you know, is it what you've, what the crime is? Is it what, what's been done? And so, you know, I don't, People don't have to agree with me or they don't, I don't actually even put my own opinion in there. But I do pose the question as, you, as, as a statement. And it would be really nice if people thought about that kind of stuff. 
And, you know, but uh, if, if you're there for the entertainment, then I really hope you enjoy it. It sounds like a two for one to me. So tell us where we can find you, Monique. Uh, just about everywhere, I think you. We have um, all the uh, all the books are on all the major uh, ebook sites. Uh, there are also for those of us like me who prefer to have paper papers, you know, books in their hands. You can also get most of the books on uh, as as print on demand. Um, I'm on. I have a website, uh, moniquesingleton.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on so many places I can't really remember anymore, <laughs> but uh, I have an author page on Amazon, I have an author page on BookBub, so um, yeah, basically I'm, I'm in a lot of places, <laughs> but especially on my, you know, my website will give you all the, the links to all the different places where you can find stuff, and of course, you know, people can always contact me at info at moniquesingleton.com and I'm happy to uh, to answer any questions or, uh, you know, talk to people about why I do things or why I don't and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. This has been so fun. I love learning about your books. And thank yes, you. I, I have at least three more from all three of your series to put on my TBR. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's, this has been fun for me. It's the first time I've done an interview like this. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm still getting used to these kind of things, you know, it's, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and it's really nice talking to you and, uh, you know, from writer to writer as well. So that's really nice. And uh, thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for being here on the Finding the Magic podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. It was so much fun to learn all about Monique's books and her series today. I can't wait to pick them up and hope I hope that you will as well. Remember to find all her links in the description of the podcast. You can go to moniquesingleton.com or Amazon to find all of her books. Thank you for tuning in and keep finding the magic.